Mickey Thomas from Starship. Good morning. How are you, man? Doing well. Uh, I say from Starship, but you've also been the lead vocalist of Jefferson Starship, Elvin yeah. Bishop. That's quite a resume. It's hard to keep it all straight, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been an evolution, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've been at it for a long time and have... have you had a lot of success with everything that you've done, for sure. Um, looking back at the very early days, you were born in Georgia. How was growing yeah. up? Like, did you come from a music family? Uh, no, not necessarily. Um, although I do recall when I was very young, uh, listening to my mom sing when she would do housework around the house, and she had a really nice voice. Uh, my dad had a pretty good voice also, so they never really pursued it. Um, you know, to try to use their voice as a, as a career or anything, but I'm pretty sure I must have inherited my, you know, my voice from them. They, they gave me the genes. <laughs> yeah, well, you hear it so many times, I mean, and it's always a different story, you know, people that were raised around music and yeah. started singing in church, or my parents entered me for a talent show, so you weren't kind of part of any of that, so when was it no. that you discovered that you could sing? Well, the Beatles inspired me, originally. You know, uh, I was... Uh, you know, I was caught up in Beatlemania, like everybody else, <laughs> my ilk back then. <laughs> and then I got a chance to see the Beatles uh, perform in 1965. And that obviously made a huge impression on me. And uh, and that's when me and my best buds, we got together and started, you know, we formed a band and started listening to Beatles records and just trying to learn the chords and figure out how to play the chords and you know, then we were pretty obviously pretty terrible at first, but we kept at it enough so that we could, uh, you know, get a few gigs and you know, sock hops and stuff like that. Teen canteen <laughs> playing around <laughs> town, and uh, and then, um, but really, my biggest uh, uh, mentor, I should say, was um, after I did that for a while in the early '70s, I got a chance to go to San Francisco and sing with a gospel singer named Gideon Daniels, and he really, more than anything else, or more than anyone else, taught me how to sing. You moved out, you said, to San Francisco, yeah. and there was a band I think I read about that you were in, was it the Jets back then? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I moved, uh, I went to California in the early, like 1972, and that's when I met Gideon and spent a year singing with Gideon, and then I went back down south to Georgia for two years, 73, 74, and that's when I had the Jets band. And then in 75, I ended up joining up with the Elvin Bishop band and moving back to San Francisco for good. And a lot of people listening right now might not even realize that Elvin Bishop's full, uh, Fold Around and Fell in Love, yeah. you sang that. You were the vocalist. Yes, I did. Yeah. And you're right. I'm still trying to educate people to this day. You know? <laughs> it never fails. Because, you know, obviously I do it in the show every night. But uh, every time we go into it, I always... Uh, I'm always amused to see some kind of shock faces in the audience, you know, going like, oh, I didn't know he sang that song. And uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I get a kick out of that. Yeah, it was kind of my talking point this morning walking around the building. I even talked to our afternoon guy. You know, he's listened to music forever. And I'm like, hey, did you know? He's like, what? No. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm sure it's constantly, uh, constantly something that you get asked. Talking with Mickey Thomas from Starship, how did you end up in Elvin Bishop at that time? Well, you know, when I mentioned my mentor, the gospel singer, uh, he was friends with Elvin, um, so he introduced me to Elvin Bishop in 1972, and he and I used to go and uh, sit in and jam with Elvin whenever Elvin would be playing around the San Francisco area clubs around around the Bay, and so I got to know Elvin through Gideon. And then, as I mentioned, I moved back down to Georgia, 
And then in 1975, Elvin had just signed a deal with Capricorn Records, uh, which was based out of Macon, Georgia. So Elvin came down to Macon to record a, uh, an album and invited me to come and sing some background vocals on it. And so I did that, and that went well. That was 1975, and he asked me to, to become a permanent member of the Elvin Bishop Band. And then in 1976, we recorded the Strut My Stuff album, which included Fooled Around and Fell in Love on it. How did Fooled Around and Fell in Love come about? Was it a song that you had around for a while? Uh, did you write it? Like how, what was the background on that song? Well, Elvin wrote it. Oh, okay. Elvin played it for me in 1972 when we were sitting around his living room jamming. Uh, Gideon and me and Elvin and just, you know, late at night, two or three o'clock in the morning. And, um, and he just kind of played it. It was a very, almost a fragment of it. And, and then, so now you, you know, flash forward to 1975 or early 76, we're in the studio recording, uh, strutting my stuff. Uh, with the great producer Bill Simzik and we thought we were kind of done with the album and Simzik said you know everything's good but I feel like we're just kind of missing a piece you know one more part uh, something that would really round out the album and the album was going I don't know I don't think I have anything else and I said well what about you remember when you played for me that song Fooled Around and Fell in Love you know a few years back and the album goes oh wow I, I completely forgot all about that one I said, I don't know, man. There was something about that song. So we, we played it for Simzik, and Simzik said, I love it. Let's, let's record it. It's great. So, so we recorded it, and, and then uh, we decided that, you know, I would give it a shot and try to sing it. And, um, of course, I was champing at the bit to sing it because, as I mentioned, you know, it had, it had been in my, stuck in my head ever since I first heard it three <laughs> years before that. Yeah. And, uh, and so we cut it real quick, and, you know, I did the vocals, and, about, I think it was two takes. Uh, there's one take up to the solo, and then there's a separate take after the solo, but that was it. Wow, well, you said you wanted to give it a shot. I'd say you, yeah. did, pr- you did pretty well <laughs> for giving it the yeah. old college try. You did good. <laughs> yeah. More with Mickey Thomas from Starship talking about their show at the Bloomsburg Fair Monday, September 25th. Coming up, and ready to go. And ready to go back on the phone with Mickey Thomas from Starship. So you go from Elvin Bishop to Jefferson Starship to Starship. Some may say that it started out a little rough. You had a lot of legal stuff you were going through. Um, Talk about going from that in the very beginning days of Starship to having several number ones as Starship. Yeah, that was part of the process was uh, what sort of led us to to evolve from Jefferson Starship to simply Starship was Paul Kantner. Uh, you know, we'd had some musical differences with Paul. Pretty much, it was all the band on one side and Paul on the other side. <laughs> so, uh, not a good know, he kind of reached a point to where he wanted to leave the band. And we said, well, okay, fine, but the rest of us want to carry on. Uh, but then it, he said, well, it was kind of the situation where well, I'm going to go home, but I'm going to take my ball with me, and you guys can't play anymore, you know. So we said, well, no, we want to we want to continue on. So he sued us to keep us from continuing as Jefferson Starship. So, you know, as part of the settlement with Paul, we decided to retire the name Jefferson Starship, and we would just continue on as simply Starship and drop the Jefferson. And uh, so that was kind of cool in a way because it also led to us completely redefining the band at that point we said okay kind of a new name paul's gone 
uh, we were interested in pursuing some uh, different musical directions. You know, we wanted to uh, uh, kind of proceed with a lot of the more modern techniques that were happening at that time as far as making music, you know, computers and programs and sequences and samples. And, you know, we were just really interested in going down that road. So we did that with Knee Deep in the Hoopla. We decided to really shake things up and come out with a totally new sound, a new name, a new look. And uh, we knew it was going to be a gamble. We said, you know, this is either going to work or it's not going to work. And if it works, it's going to be great. And we'll probably get a lot more radio airplay than we have in recent years. And if it doesn't work, (laughs) we'll probably pack up the tents and all go our separate ways. And fortunately, it worked in a big way for us. Several number ones is Starship. It's one of those things, you know, I'm sure now you look back on and... The whole thing was probably a blessing in disguise in a way, because like you said, you got to reinvent yeah. yourself and, um, you know, ensure, ensure the long-term success yeah. of your band. You got to take some risks, some gambles along the way, you know, if you want to go for, you know, try to take things to a new level. Yeah. So obviously you've been doing this a long time. Is there a story that sticks out? Maybe a story from the road, like one of your favorite moments since you've been doing this? Guys, probably, you know, I'm a huge movie fan. Um, I love movies, and so I guess the thing that really always stands out to me was being able to perform at the Academy Awards in 1988, uh, and just kind of hanging out, you know, back in the green room with like Gregory Peck and Audrey Hepburn and <laughs> Paul Newman and people like that. You know, it was uh, that was really a great experience for me. So that kind of that kind of jumps out, you know, when I think about you know the kind of magical moments along the way. Yeah, that's awesome. Some big names you just mentioned. Yeah. Some real yeah. names. And, you know, uh, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now was nominated for an Oscar, so that was the reason we got to to go and sing it at, at the Academy Awards, so that was really special. Well, this actually isn't your first time at the Bloomsburg Fair. Um, right. A couple of years <laughs> ago, the performer <laughs> needed to cancel, and it was like an 11th hour the Bloomsburg Fair. Yeah. You know, they were looking for someone to to perform that night and you took a last minute flight from LA to here and people are still talking about that performance being the one of the best ones they've ever seen oh god that's great I'm glad to hear that yeah it was a uh, you know uh, my band the Starship is kind of scattered all around the country you know we got two two guys are in Memphis two guys are in the San Francisco area you know I'm in Southern California uh, a couple of uh, like female vocalists was in Vegas. So we're like, I, I remember the, the afternoon before the gig, my agent calls me and she goes, hey, uh, can you be in uh, Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania tomorrow? <laughs> said, tomorrow? Are you serious? She said, yeah. I said, well, let me call my travel agent, see if it's even possible. You know, so I called my travel agent. She thought I was joking. I said, no, seriously, can we do it? Is it possible to do it so she looked at all the options she says i think we can make it but it's going to be by the skin of our teeth so i remember you know we all arranged it so we we all flew in we had a police escort to the gig uh so actually we had a policeman driving uh i think a a 15 passenger van and so (laughs) (laughs) so we sped all the way from the airport to the gig Uh, i think we had to fly into as I recall, maybe Philadelphia. And then we had to, like, you know, haul buggy over to the show. And uh, we, we just made it. But but we did make it. And it was, I guess maybe, you know, when you have that much adrenaline going, you know, and that much, that, that sense of adventure, 
with it. Wow, can we really pull this off? It, it did help make it a really, uh, a really cool and memorable show for us. Yeah, we were just at um, the media luncheon. The fair does a media luncheon prior to the ferry cheer. So this was last week, and one of the fair directors was telling that story, and he said, and ever since then, people have been asking us, when is Starship coming back? Well, the answer is Monday night, September 25th. Starship is back in Bloomsburg. Um, Mickey, for, for those that didn't catch you the first time you were here, what can they expect at your show? Well, they can expect, obviously, all the stuff we just talked about. Uh, you know, we built this city, Sarah. Nothing's going to stop us now. Jane, find your way back. Uh, no way out. Of course, fooled around and fell in love. Um, awesome. You know, my female vocalist, Sean Coey, and myself, uh, we take a, a, a portion of the show where we do a medley, which is kind of a tribute to the history of the band, where Sean does a couple of the classic you know, great slick Jefferson Airplane songs, and we do some early Jefferson Starship Miracles and Count on Me. So we leave no stone unturned, man. It's going to be a blast, and we get to perform with my friend Richard Marks, which is always a treat, so it's going to be a great night. Well, I'm looking forward to it again. Monday night, September 25th is the show. Um, Some tickets still available at bloomsburgfair.com. Mickey Thomas, thank you so much for calling in this morning. Really appreciate it. Can't wait. It's going to be an awesome show. And welcome back to Bloomsburg. Thank you so much, man. You're very welcome, and we're really looking forward to it.